Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Happy fall, everyone. It's starting to get a little bit more crisp in the air, and I love it. I'm getting excited. I was sad that summer was over, but... I'm loving the cooler weather, even though it's still San Diego and it's still going to be warm. But anyways, um, today we're talking copy with Kevin Rogers, and I love talking copy because it's just so important and because, of course, I was a copywriter, and uh, I appreciate this, this art. But more importantly, I think that it's something that everybody, whether copywriting is your trade or not, should understand. And so Kevin Rogers was the perfect guest to have on this show. I met him a few years ago and was just blown away by his talk and his presentation on stage and all of his formulas that you could literally just take and execute right away. Um, a little bit about Kevin. He's He spent years traveling the U.S., as a dead broke stand-up comedian. And then he finally discovered a simple joke formula that could be used as a powerful marketing hook. And so he began teaching it to marketers. And the formula worked so well that entrepreneurs and business owners all over the world now use this deceptively simple four-sentence formula to skyrocket their profits and grow their businesses at record pace. And it's so simple. Today, Kevin is one of the most in-demand sales consultants online. Um, he works closely with high-volume information marketers, corporations, and even local brick-and-mortar businesses alike to, to turn around sluggish ad campaigns because those are the worst. Kevin's unique background as a stand-up comic and in-the-trenches salesperson provide a rare spectrum of experience and ability. His greatest strength is teaching anyone to use the power of their own story to connect better with customers and compel them to take action. So even if you think you don't have a story or that it's not interesting enough, we are going to disprove that in this interview. We'll talk about all the cool stuff he's he's doing, what he's got available for you to take advantage of, and you're going to be pretty excited with what you walk away with at the end of this interview. Enjoy. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm great, Summer. It's so cool to be here with you. Thanks I'm, for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be talking to you. I remember the first time, which was years ago, that I saw you on stage in San Diego at some type of event, and you received a standing ovation, and me and Eric were sitting next to each other, and we were like, we have to go meet him. <laughs> you were just like, it was it was awesome. And um, you were essentially demonstrating storytelling and the formula that you've become so well known for. And I know everyone wants to hear about that, but before we dive into all of these, you know, super powerful tips that our listeners are going to go crazy for, can you first tell us a little bit about your journey and how it led you to the place you are now being this really sought after consultant and marketer extraordinaire? Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a long winding road. You know, one of the things I love about this industry we're in and just meeting all kinds of entrepreneurs is that everybody has an interesting story, right? Yeah. Like there's no linear path to, <laughs> to ending up in this world. And it's just fascinating. It's so fun to, to learn people's stories. And so I guess the big highlight for me is that I started my adult life 
on the road as a stand-up comic. I first walked onto a comedy stage when I was 18 on a bit of a dare from friends, but it was something I really wanted to do. And I tell you, it's funny, Summer, I have a 12-year-old son now, right? Yeah. And he's he's really into comedy, but in a little different way than I was. See, I, I, I realized looking back that I had a good instinct for getting a laugh, but I also had a very analytical mind about it, right? Okay. Like, like I really cared about, you know, like I was the kitchen, I was the party kitchen guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the kitchen, you know, doing all the bits and, and doing other, you know, comics from TV. I could do their their, their bits. and and But if, if something didn't work, we go like one party to the other. I'm like, why did that one thing kill at the first party? Right. And then like laying there. And I realized, oh, you know what I did? I, I did it out of sequence or, I, you know, something was, I changed the word. And my son now, is a little more reserved than I was maybe. Uh, he's only 12, but but he's so analytical about why things are funny. Yeah. So so we'll be sitting there watching Family Guy and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll crack up at something and we'll hit pause and then we'll, like, analyze the fart joke for, like, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes, you know. It like, wouldn't have been as funny if he did it this way. So it's, it's kind of cool to, to have that relationship with him. But, uh, yeah, so I did – ended up on the road as a stand-up comic – uh, for about seven years straight, that was my living, you know, week to oh. week, club, club to club, and set to set, and true what they say, you're only as good as your, your last performance, and man, those uh, th- those bad nights were extra rough, because you have to typically get in the car and drive the next day for like, you know, two to four hours to the next town, and that's a lot of alone time to sit there and, you know, smell your own funk. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, what I didn't know was that I was, you know, it was some really good training for what I would ultimately end up doing, which is uh, becoming a copywriter. So the a lot of parallels between those two crafts, for sure. So crazy. So you, it was from from this experience that you started thinking in terms of was it selling, was it marketing? Like, what was the moment that you said, "Hey, you know, I can apply this to." to business, to life? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, actually, it's, it's interesting. You know, there was such a weird, there was like a two or three year gap in between. And I kind of came to this moment when I decided to leave comedy and I just really wanted to have a real life. I'd spent so long on the road. I'd lived in lots of different towns. You know, my life would fit into the trunk of my car for mm-hmm. up until I was almost 30, you know? Yeah. And I decided, ah, let's have a go at this life thing. And I knew the woman I wanted to marry and spend my life with and have a family with. And so I spent a couple of years trying to uh, get, you know, legit jobs and filling out <laughs> these job applications. And uh, I always thought the comedy thing is a great conversation piece. It's an icebreaker. And it would be. They, they'd find that fascinating, but they would never hire me, right? <laughs> And I'm like, what's the problem? And it occurred to me, well, here's, you know, they think that I, I'm still just a comic and I'm waiting for the next gig and then I'm, I'm not going to be stable in this job, right? Right. And, and so I learned to stop mentioning it. I just would leave it off the resume or I would focus on, you know, maybe writing jobs I had or different stuff that felt sounded more stable. And so I kind of buried it in my mind. So it wasn't this immediate, obvious thing where, wow, all 
persuading people with, with sales copy is a lot like standing in front of a room of strangers and having them accept you and laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I became friends with uh, John Carlton, who's my great mentor and was and will always be one of my copywriting heroes, uh, when John and I started to become friendly and he was fascinated by my experience as a stand-up, he was the one who finally said to me, how come you don't talk about it? Like, why? You should be writing about this. Like, you know, this is fascinating to people. And that's when I, he invited me to write the first ever guest post on his blog, which was a huge honor. And I wrote about stand-up and that's, the response was great. And that's when it sort of clicked. Like, wait a minute, there's a, there's a gold mine here. Like there, and then the parallels started just jumping out at me from everywhere. So it's become a real, a real anchor in my teaching. Oh my gosh. So cool. So when you say you, I'm going to back up a little bit because you were talking about, you know, everybody has this story and it's not just linear to how you get somewhere, but a lot of people feel like, but my story is not that interesting or who's going to care. It's not that unique. So I had a tough time or so I had, you know, many of people experience that. What do you say to those people? Because I know that you, you believe in that you've got to tell people need to use their, their own story in order to connect. So I don't know, just yeah. talk a little bit about that. Make people feel sure. more confident. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. A couple of things I'll say, I, I will say that there is a time some people just are absolutely opposed to, to they just, I can respect if somebody doesn't want to get personal or doesn't want to use their name or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just shy and reserved there. The answer to that one is use the story of your best customer. Right. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to celebrate the success that somebody can have through your product or your, your coaching or whatever it is. Uh, so, I will say that you're right, that there always is a place for story and it's really kind of mandatory anymore that you include it in your marketing. Yeah. I definitely think everybody has an interesting story and it's about allowing yourself to share it. I think people would be shocked. Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be more interesting than other stories you've heard. It doesn't have to be more dramatic it only needs to speak to and resonate with the right people. That's the amazing thing about sort of opening yourself up and, and telling your story and being a little more human and transparent in your marketing is that all of a sudden people who they may have been on your list or uh, sort of knowing about you for years and never reached out who is suddenly writing you you know, these long, thoughtful emails and saying, hey, I just want you to know that that thing you mentioned about the time you struggled with X or I never knew that you went through that thing or and it doesn't even have to all be bad. It could just be that you mentioned, like I just told you a story about how my son and I, uh, you know, enjoy and analyze comedy together. Right, right. right. Like that, it could be something just simple like that. And people will just start writing to you and say, wow, that was awesome. And like, I've never, I, I, they just, because they feel close to you in those moments. Yeah, they and, feel connected because they relate to it. Yeah, and, and that's all it really takes. So I would say to them, to people who really feel like, oh, I'm just not interesting in my stories. And you know what? You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's okay. Because when you start to open up and 
share more personal things, you'll find out what's interesting. And then you'll start to realize, oh, I've got a lot of stories here. And it's just about finding the right context. And uh, you will eventually find out that you're a lot more interesting than you might think you are. Yeah, totally. So I happen to think that even even if you don't call yourself a copywriter, if you're an entrepreneur, speaker, um, salesman, business owner, author, or just, you know, someone trying to land a date, you know, like it benefits you to know and understand copywriting. What do you think about that? That's truth. Yeah, I could, I'll tell you, it's, it's a, it's a gift to have a career doing something that makes every part of your life better. Yeah. (laughs) And more interesting. Um, I mean, you talk about just to say parenting, you know, you know, my kids are 10 and 12 and well, not only to help them see the world through this sort of lens of persuasion in the simplest form whatsoever, it just comes down to always thinking what's in it for me when it comes to your audience, that, that knowing that anybody you're having a conversation with or wanting to influence in any way, that they, they only care about what's in this for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they, that is not, that is not knowledge we're born with, you know, like we, we know it about ourselves, but we don't even like to think of ourselves that way a lot. We think, Oh no, I'm, I'm interested in other people and I really care about people. Yes. But ultimately what grabs your attention is self-interest. It's, it's a survival instinct. It's not a matter of being selfish or, or generous. It's about, you know, it's just inbred in us. And so I'll give an example. Like So last night, my daughter, she's working on a thing uh, at school. I guess it's basically she's telling her story. They're, they're focused on legacy. She's 10, you know, yeah. and I guess it's, why, why wait, right? Right. <laughs> and so she was talking about, oh, well, what, one thing of it is they're sort of like projecting into the future and, and thinking about, you know, if you, if you're going to start your own business, what business would it would be? Which I, I love that. Yeah. That they're talking about that. And so she decided she was going to open a gymnastics gym. And she, it was so funny to me because again, she's 10 and she's focused on a lot of the stuff that I see very adult business owners focusing on when it's, it's not what they should be focused on. So she was telling me, well, first thing I got to do is, is think about what size space I need. Right. And then I got to think about where does all the equipment go? And then I got to think about what hours am I going to be open? And and like all these practical, tangible things. And I said, okay, interesting. I said, well, let me ask you this. What would make your gym different than all the other gyms out there? She's like, "Hmm, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And so, it, it, it allowed me an opportunity to kind of walk her through like ultimately why people would decide to become a member of your gym or not, you know? Yeah. And that's something that before I got into copywriting, I, I didn't see the world that way either. It's, it's really easy to get focused on the practical, tangible stuff and forget that at the end of the day, all anybody cares about is what's in this for me can you help me understand my problem in, in a way that I don't even understand it yet and then help me believe that you're a person who can solve it for me? If you do those three things, uh, the practical stuff is sort of easy. That is so true. And you, and you know it too when you 
when you read a sales letter or you see a commercial or whatever it is that you've been marketed to and you go, oh my gosh, I have to have that. They get me. They understand it. And like you said, they understand it better than I do. So I trust them. So speaking of those type things, I think I want to talk about the the four sentence formula and your your copywriting formulas of how, you know, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So what, what I like to do is um, I really love working with business owners I love working with copywriters, but my mission in life is not to help somebody become the next greatest copywriter, right? Right. Um, I think there are people more dedicated and qualified to to help somebody do that than me. What I really love is helping a business owner who feels confused or sort of befuddled by uh, copywriting. Uh, I like to trick them into writing something easy and fun. And then looking at it and going, oh, my God, I just wrote copy. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's really good, right? Because if I could do that for somebody, then all of a sudden they go, oh, I actually can do this. Because here's the thing. Every business owner should be their own best copywriter. And that doesn't mean that you have to be the one writing it. But you are the most qualified person to explain to somebody why they should want your product. And if you can't explain that to a copywriter, they can't be as great for you as, as they should be. Yeah. And so if, even if you just hate writing, you're, not everybody's good at it, right? Some people just aren't good writers and it's fine to recognize that. Right. It's to your advantage to, to be honest with yourself. Uh, but if you're going to hire a copywriter, it's it's up to you to you know uh, arm them with the the sort of weapons they need to go out and make your offer as dynamic as possible. And so um, I'll tell you what. So my little four sentence formula. This comes from a a joke formula. When I was a stand up, it's one that I used all the time, and it's one that you'll see. Uh, not only comedians use all the time, but I see this in national television campaigns all the time. Uh, I see it uh, in political speeches all the time. Yeah, it's so simple, uh, but it's so powerful. And all I, all you have to do to make it what I call um, a sales hook. I call it the sixty-second sales hook because you can you can get this out in under a minute easily. Is you change the last part of the formula. So I'll tell you. How it works is a joke formula first, Summer. Okay. That's cool. Yes. And, and then I'll show you how to switch that last part of it and make it into a really compelling one-minute sales hook. Okay. All right. So the joke hook is what I call – I call it the persona joke formula. And, it, and the, here are the parts. It's identity, struggle, discovery, surprise. And obviously that surprise part is – why comedy works, right? right? It's that we build up some tension and then we release it and usually it's with an unexpected twist. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'll give you a great example. My favorite example is a, a comedian named Karen Rontowski and the first time she was on Letterman, her opening joke was, uh, my kids were so bad in Walmart today that I pulled a fly swatter off the shelf and I smacked them with it. And the second the fly swatter hit their ass, I realized, I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just 
it's such a funny joke. Right? Yeah. And, and it, it, what I love about that example, <laughs> in like two years of teaching this, I haven't found a better example yet. <laughs> it's because, perfect. Because it's so fast and we learn so much about Karen. Right. That, that 20 seconds, right? And uh, it, you instantly trust her. It, it fits her persona perfectly. And we're off to the races. We you know, we can like unfold our arms and just enjoy her her comedy, and so that's the same thing we want to do as uh, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a you know a product creator, whatever it is you want to uh, welcome people into your world for. It's the same exact set of elements. Uh, it's I so if somebody let's just say a great place to use this is. If you're say you have a great lead magnet, uh, free report, a little series of videos, a sample of your product, yeah, uh, you want to invite people to come take you up on this, usually in exchange for an email, so that you can give them more great stuff. And so, it, it, all we do to change the formula in that instance is uh, we change surprise to result, because what people want to know is does this work? Tell me how well it works for you. So uh, the sales sixty second sales hook formula is identity, struggle, discovery, result. Okay. And so, it, as an example, the one I use for this exact thing, this book, is Hi, I'm Kevin Rogers, and I spent years as a dead broke stand up comedian until I discovered how a simple joke formula can be used as an irresistible sales hook, and began teaching marketers how to use it to skyrocket their sales and grow their businesses. And now. Uh, one of the most in-demand sales consultants online earning more in a month than I once did in an entire year. So and then there'd be the call to action. So if you'd like to discover this uh, simple little sales hook and create your own 60-second message that'll transform your business, simply enter your email uh, and I'll give it to you on the next page. And so that's it. It's the same exact yep. formula. I'm just telling you who I am. Right. And in my case, a lot of times the struggle would, you'd have a little bit more struggle in there. But, you know, dead broke uh, stand up comedian really gives you a vivid, vivid image, yes, right? Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't need to belabor the fact that I was a comic and I went through, through all these things. All that matters is that you understand that I was a comic and, and I did it for years. And that qualifies me to take a joke formula and turn it into a sales hook and that I've, uh, had a lot of success helping people do that. And that's all you need to know, right? So yeah. super quick and simple. And just think about landing on that little video or even if you just read it in text, uh, how how much easier it is to relate, bond with, become interested in, and remember, remember that person. Right, right. right. And so that's the power of story. So, and, and people can get a copy of this book, right, at um... – and we'll we'll have the the link yeah. to this in our show notes. But sixty the number six zero sixty second saleshook dot com. That's right. They can go there or to my main site now, which is copychief dot com. Okay, copychief dot com. It's, it's available there. So either one of those work. And we'll have that in there too. Talk about copychief. That's a, that's like a like a copywriting community that you've got going on. Yeah. Tell yeah, us about really that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, my inspiration for it was. You know, as I became more known in the industry, I would have to turn away a lot of opportunities to work with people just to, because I was too booked up. And 
I knew, uh, so a lot of people would ask me, you know, who I could recommend. And I had. That's where I used to be. I remember that. You can't scale when it's just you doing it all. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's a a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. It's also, you only have so many people to recommend. Right, right? exactly. And and so, uh, then I had uh, copywriters coming to me and saying, Oh man, I'm just like stuck in this rut, and I, I, I'm, uh, I don't get paid enough, and we're all the good clients, you know. And so I, I thought the only place I see this working is like every time I'm at a conference, a good marketing conference, uh, like where we met at the Action Seminar. Yeah. Um, you know, you have copywriters in the room, and then you have product creators and business owners who need copy, and you see all these people hooking up, and. You go, man, like how I, I thought, how can I recreate this online uh, and just get, all it takes is like getting people in, the, in a room together, you know? Right. And so I said, I'm going to create a private community where I'm going to have a training for both parties, for copywriters and for business owners, depending on where they are, and how deep they want to go with their learning. And then I want to, and then the other thing I knew about um, copywriters was that they all have this sort of like pent up a desire to show off their talents yeah <laughs> you know this right so true it, because you know nobody understands in the real world what the hell a copywriter is or does or what is that they think it's you know you, you deal with legal exactly uh, yes you know? and, and maybe if they've seen mad men they get it a little but they they it's still it's different and so I know. So when when copywriters get in a, a room, whether it's you know online or uh, in in at a conference or something, it's just so exciting for us to be able to talk shop and uh, and and help. We love giving critiques and to like you know we we spend years developing this ability to see a, a piece of uh, an ad and immediately go oh oh what if you just change this word or tweak that headline or right. make this little and and it's like a magic trick like for the person who doesn't have these copy goggles yes. they're like oh my god how do you do that it's amazing <laughs> and it's like the only time in the world that somebody really cares about <laughs> about what we do you know right and, uh, and so I, I i correctly predicted that if i could create an environment where a business owner could post up a piece of copy that they were yeah, about to launch or maybe it it, it, it it wasn't performing like it used to or whatever, that copywriters would appreciate the opportunity to come in and, and show off and, and help them. And that's exactly what happened. So that was sort of the simple version of it. And what it's evolved into over two years, we just celebrated two years when we opened, is that it's, it's kind of like a, like a marketing lab, like a copywriting lab. So you know, a business owner will come in and they'll post up something they're having trouble with. We all weigh in, give tips and advice. We even do a live hangout like every Friday where we have a hot seat, right? Yeah. So uh, that's really cool because we, we, we get to do this in real time. And then the business owner will go implement the suggestions and then they'll report back the results, right? Yeah. And that's another really cool thing is that there's so few ways to uh, for a copywriter. It's like yes, they want to get paid, but what they want just as much is to have their copy tested. Like they they want it implemented and they want to under unlearn from the results. And when you're starting out as a copywriter, it's you know you might spend a month 
working on something for somebody and for whatever reason they just never implement it or their business model changes or whatever. And that's a, such a drag, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's really hard to grow and learn when you don't see the results. And so it's just this fantastic environment where everybody, you know, learns in real time together what works, what doesn't work. And there's no egos and there's never any, uh, sniping or any of that crap that goes on on, on you know, Facebook groups and stuff where you, you know, I don't know what it is about certain copy communities where it's just sort of nasty all the time. Yes, like, yes. It's, it's really friendly and copy chief and it, it, it's, uh, it just feels like family. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. That's so awesome. That's really refreshing to hear. Cause yeah, I know there are, there are some that can get, you know, very much, um, it's kind of an ego trip. <laughs> so they get like, yeah. you know, you see these battles going on online. What do you think is for for in copywriters, even you know, very good copywriters? What do you think is sets them back or that they get stuck on? That's a good question. Um, for copywriters, it's uh, well, like anything, it's there, there's always that the confidence it's, is is an issue. Yeah. Um, they're usually one or the other, overconfident <laughs> <laughs> or 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 way underconfident, right? It's. Yeah. And again, it reminds me a lot of comics. Comics are a lot of times what makes them funny can be their Achilles in business because it's they have low self-esteem and they really need this acceptance, this laughter from strangers to feel okay and feel accepted. And but at the same time, when it comes to being really confident performer in person, that doesn't always materialize, right? Right. Uh, and so. Uh, I like to focus on the copywriters who have what I call more talent than experience or, you know, they deserve to have more confidence and, you know, put them in scenarios where they can work with a business owner and have their work implemented and see it work. And, man, it's amazing how their their whole perspective changes once they get some wins under their belt. And, you know, you're going to have failures along the way. This isn't... Like with anything, yeah. Like with anything. It's marketing. It's like, I don't know anybody who's not had recent failures, even if they've been at this 30, 40 years. They're still going to get surprised sometimes, even though you think, you know, there's no way. I I got it all figured out. Well, Uh, sometimes the surprise is, you know, who you're talking to and people are so certain who their audience is. And then it turns out to be, oh, if you just focused on this instead, you've got them, you know? That's, so it's a really good point. Yeah. Or yeah. Or just, that's another thing is that we don't talk enough. Of, uh, we don't ask enough, right? Right. You know, we just simply ask and say, Hey, answer, you know, could I get some information from you? Because I want to make sure that I'm creating content that's going to help you. So, and that's such uh, a great, that's such a great, um, tool because I saw you do this on Facebook. You know, you're creating something that's going to help people, but you first need to know what are the most burning questions here? What are you really struggling with? Yeah. And, it, and that's a key, that's a key thing you just mentioned in anybody who follows me knows that I've become a huge fan of Ryan Lebeck's ask method. Yes. And the cool thing about it, and what Brian teaches is you never call it a survey. You never say, hey, will you take the survey for me, right? Right. We get that all the time. From Don't you hate when you go to a, a retail store and they spend five minutes telling you, 
you know, how you can. <laughs> you kind of immediately feel seat. like part of the cattle. Like you don't feel special at all. <laughs> I think yeah, once you, once you hear my, survey. That's what I'll do. As soon yeah. as I get home, yeah. I'll sit down at my computer yeah. and I'll find this website <laughs> and I'll go there. Or better yet, let me call that number on the receipt they told me to call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> this is crazy, right? So right. nobody wants to fill out a survey, but if you empower people, and say, and this is really what we're after anyway, usually, right? It's right. like, we want, I want to make sure that I understand your struggle so that I, I could probably help you, but first I need to understand it. And if you pr- make that the proposition and never mention the words, hey, could, would you answer literally two questions or five questions for me that will really help me create content that I know will resonate with you, then people go, heck yeah, if – they already like what you do and, and believe you can help them why wouldn't they want to a, a, a chance to help you customize the, exactly. the material right for them right and in a way you know it makes them feel part of the solution it makes them feel yeah. part of the project which is definitely another way to create loyalty absolutely yeah that's and again because it's true like you it'd be crazy it's such a nutty idea to think oh are you get an idea for a product and i'm gonna go spend months and spend thousands of dollars having this thing built and created and then I'll go out and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that's the greatest advantage uh, we have as marketers now is that we never have to guess anymore. Right. You know? Oh, it, 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 it wasn't, this is a new fix we totally. have. You know? Like th- that was a problem forever. You think about the publishers, the people who used to mail out these sales letters to sell this book that they invested in having written and just have to wait two weeks to see if any orders come in and see if this anybody even wants this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what a long, painful, expensive experience. And now we can literally go onto Facebook and go, hey, can I ask you two questions? I, I had a... I, I, I did that yesterday and I've got a hundred and something responses that I can sit there and, and sift through and undoubtedly I'll be able to confirm whether my ideas were correct, but for certain I'll you know see new ways to help people, patterns that I didn't even expect, right? Exactly. And, and, and beyond that, just imagine how many articles I could write based on people's responses, right? Yeah. Like, that is people saying to you, this is what I need to understand. This is what frustrates me. And I, I could write an art, I could write a blog article a day for the next year just based on what people are saying in those responses. Exactly. And I mean even with, with all the social media and Facebook, Twitter, you know, people I, I noticed radio hosts doing this a lot, you know, tweet us with your most burning questions. And it's like, right there, it's so easy for you to speak to your audience because they're telling you, here's what we want to know. So it, it is yeah. so much easier right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the greatest time ever to be in business. It's, it's, it's such a gift. And uh, yeah, if, if people feel frustrated, I, I get it. It's, you know, we're, we're usually more frustrated because we have so many options, right? And it's, so did we get overwhelmed and it's difficult to choose which path to take. But if we just go back to the very simple concept of problem solution, yep. you know, there are problems that you can, you are ne- uniquely qualified to solve based on your experience. And if you just identify that problem 
and ask people, you know, about their experience with that problem, it will be so simple for you to know that you're creating a solution that they want. And it's, you know, how did, how could it not make money at that point? Right, it's like, right. That's, then, you know, copy. Then you need the copy. Yes. <laughs> but not until then. Now, whether the product actually solves the problem, we at least know the copy. <laughs> Maybe, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who was it? Who's the, um, oh, what's his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Famous copywriter who said any any problem can be solved with a sales letter. I think that was Gary Halbert. It was Gary yeah. Halbert. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's true. He's no problem in the world that couldn't be solved with right. a sales letter. Yeah, love I love mean, that. He was a genius. He, he, he's the only person to successfully use the phone book as a lead source. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. So brilliant. So, okay, one other thing I want to talk about, actually two things, but one first, KLT. Tell, tell our listeners, you know, with that, because that like super, that was, when I first heard you talk about that, it just kind of like, you know, that's what you're so great at is really just simplifying things to make it actually executable. So um, talk about that. Sure. Yeah. So no, like and trust. And I'll tell you this kind of two interesting lessons on this. So we've all heard that term, no, like and trust, but really what does it mean? Like we, it's one of those things where you hear it and you go, yes, that's exactly what I need from people. If they can, if they know me, like me and trust me, I'm in, I'm in a good spot. Right. right. And so the, the simplest way I can say to think about no, like and trust is when it comes to no, you know, reveal yourself in a, in a relatable way, right? Like those are the people, think of yourself, you go to like a crowded cocktail party, you, you, you only know the host, you don't really know anybody else there. At the end of the party, who are you, what are the reasons you, you'll have bonded with certain other guests, right? Right. And it's because you can relate to them. Uh, if they're talking about stuff that you, you can relate to, maybe you, overhear one group talking about a TV show that you've been binging on and you're like, Oh God, I got to get in that conversation. Like I have so much to say and I want to hear what other people think of this character or this, you know, right. And so it's just, no, it's just about being relatable. And again, sharing your stories. Uh, Like is uh, you want to win respect with authenticity. So that's the, this is the one X factor component because I will say people don't have to, like you to know you and trust you like there are curmudgeonly characters out there who like you know i wouldn't necessarily want to drive across country with this person right uh but and maybe we have say different politics and things like that but i definitely know who they are and i definitely trust them to teach me stuff i don't know right right so but we all want to be liked inherently and it certainly helps to be liked but uh, so just be authentic, you know, again, use things like Facebook live and, and, uh, write blog posts and share your story. I'll tell you a surprising thing about Facebook. We all think, you know, we know it as like the short attention span universe, but every, the things I post on Facebook that get the most response are long text posts. Yeah. Uh, even more, you know, I make a lot of short videos and people tell me they really like my, my videos because it might be, I might be just making a fool of myself singing in the car <laughs> or I might be giving a quick copywriting tip or something. And it always surprises me how many people watch those. But what really gets consumed is a long, almost like a blog post in a Facebook update. 
again, it's the reason is because you're telling a good story and you're never straying from the what's in it for me factor. So that's those are some tips on how to get sort of like, establish like, and then trust is what we talked about earlier. It's just share your struggles and your secrets. Uh, there's no quicker way to win trust than to admit, expose yourself that you once had a problem and it was uh, difficult and you didn't know if you'd actually get through it, but you did and here's how. The reason that's so powerful is because, especially in business, you know, a lot of businesses would never do that, right? Right. Big, big, big corporations, I call this the our unfair advantage because, you know, we're allowed to decide what we share. And if we want to go a little bit raw and share some real pain, that's, it's always to our benefit if we do it wisely. But can you imagine, you know, a big corporation deciding to get all transparent <laughs> and like how many long meetings with the board members and, and the legal team and then, <laughs> oh my God, like, it, you know, exactly. it would be three, three years before they could get the message out. Right. Yeah. And, and it would just never feel authentic. So that's, you know, no, like and trust. And I'll tell you one interesting, cool thing about that is, you know, you asked about people thinking, oh, well, my story's not interesting or right. people also get hung up thinking, well, what I have to teach isn't that unique or it isn't that interesting. And to that, I'll say it, it will be coming from you because it'll it'll resonate with people who it might have heard it before, but they just didn't, it, you know, they didn't relate to the person they were hearing it from. And when I started talking about no like and trust and saying this, you know, I have this KLT formula, what happened was the unexpected thing, other uh, influencers in the industry would always attach no like and trust to me. Yeah. You know, I, I hear them say, well, you know, it's important to have no like and trust. It's like Kevin Rogers talks about no right. like and trust. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I'm suddenly, now I'm the no like and trust guy. Like, yeah. That phrase has been around for who knows how long. But it's like, I got to kind of claim it because I taught it in a way that I guess hadn't been really taught before. Right. And, so that's just an interesting thing. If you think it's all been said before and nobody would, would want it, you know, that you have to come up with something brand new and original, I say don't. It's, what's more important is uh, teach what you know, and you might be surprised that you get to actually claim something that already exists. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, these are so many great takeaways. My, my last question, I want to know, know if you're still drinking Bulletproof. You're the one that introduced me, and I'm, like, addicted. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, every day, right? It's the only time I don't is if I if I can't get my hands on it. And, um, uh, well, you're out in California, right? Yeah. But I'm not close to the new um, – t- I know. And I, I had – I was yeah. so excited. I have to get out there and, yeah, and go. Yeah, it's worth it. I, I, I got to go. We stopped in Sacramento few like last back in july and oh it was amazing it's like the, it's you know if making your own bulletproof coffee for god i don't know how long i've been drinking like four years now yeah and suddenly you walk into this place that not only the coffee but all the great food and it was amazing so yeah if somebody doesn't know about it it's you know putting butter yep. <laughs> butter and mct oil in your coffee and the key is it has to be the right coffee 
I've seen people, people tell me all the time, they go, hey, you still drinking that Bulletproof? We, well, we have all the stuff to make it. And then it's like salted butter and Right, coconut. and the whole thing is that his, you know, Dave's coffee doesn't have the, the mold toxins. We actually, he, he was on the show, and it was so funny how many people were texting me personally going, I'm trying the coffee today, I just bought it, you know, they're all excited. We do have a lot of places, um, like holistic places and uh, like my naturopath out here sells it in her at her office so it's available to buy here but in terms of the actual like little store where he makes it for you and has like shakes and everything to do with bulletproof i yeah. we need one of those in san diego <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect spot for it too, yeah it really would um but yeah that's the thing is that the coffee is key it's like i, I could even handle it with yeah, well, the butter has to be unsalted, right? Grass-fed. Yes. Yeah. I can even take the coconut oil sometimes as opposed to the MCT, which has no taste. Right. But if the coffee's wrong, even if it's like premium coffee, something about Dave's coffee, like you said, has no mycotoxins. He right. goes through a painstaking uh, process to, to, to make it that way, and it just tastes smoother and better than any coffee I've had. Yes, and I have to thank you for being introduced. I remember talking to you on the phone, and you, you think you were – drinking it at the time and you were just like have you heard of bulletproof and that was it i was like what <laughs> it does it the first cup i'm jealous of anybody who tries it for the first i know cup. i know because you can never go back to that first time it's the most it, uh, uh, dave said it, it'll it'll be the greatest morning of your life and that's what i was like oh yeah sure yeah and then i, I was like oh my this is the greatest morning of my life. <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah you're welcome, Dave, for the for the uh, commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. It's, it. See, you remember me for that. Isn't I do. I totally. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. So there. You, and it was because of the story you told me. So there you That's go. That's great. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, um, listeners. Please make sure you check out sixtysecondsaleshook.com and copychief.com. We'll have the links in our show notes and on the blog. And Kevin, you're amazing. I hope to get, I get to see you soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Good luck with the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. Oh, <laughs>